Hey guys, how are you? Welcome to the Cedar Grove Church Podcast. We are so excited about a new sermon series titled Extraordinary. This is the word for the Cedar Grove Church for 2021. And while we may not feel like it in our flesh, uh, we are declaring it over our lives as a church body. Extraordinary. And so I'm so excited for Pastor Monty to share his first sermon in this new series. This sermon is titled, An Ordinary Process for Extraordinary Impact. Greetings, thanks to God. This is Pastor Monty Lesser, the senior pastor of the Cedar Grove Church located right here in beautiful Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And once again, we welcome our online church family to come into our Cypher Sanctuary to worship with us today. And I want to thank God for each and every one of you that has joined us today. I thank God for everything that you have done today and all through this COVID-19 season where you have continuously blessed, tuned in, and even shared the word of God. So we thank God for you. Hallelujah. And we just thank God for you joining us today. Today is a very special day for the Cedar Grove Church. Yes, we're calling this our Super Sunday. We understand this is Super Bowl Sunday. We know a lot of things are going on. Hallelujah. But this is our Super Sunday for the Cedar Grove Church as well. We just began this morning at 815 with our hour of power prayer. Yes, where we uh, pray, yes, for our church, our children, our, our community, and even our country. We thank God for prayer. There's power in prayer. We thank God for all of our intercessors that prayed and pleaded on the behalf of others. Yes. And also, I want to let you know that at the end of this service, we will have communion. It's first Sunday. That's our process. That's our tradition. That's our, our um, that's what we do every first Sunday. So we'll have communion. So I want to go ahead and challenge and charge you now to go ahead and get your communion elements together. Yes. Get your crackers or bread and uh, some type of juice. We're going to play Pray God's blessing upon it. We're going to consecrate it and we're going to commune. We're going to take on the body and the blood of Christ. And if there was ever time that we needed protection uh, from the plague, protection from the pandemic, uh, if there was ever time we need to be covered by the blood uh, through communion, the time is now. So again, go ahead and challenge you to uh, go ahead and get that now so that we can go through communion uh, at the end of this service, yes. And then uh, speaking of special on this Super Sunday, we're going to do what we call our Cedar Grove Church Check-In. Yes, that's at 1 p.m. today. Uh, we're going to do that via Zoom call. Some of you know it's been a long time since we've been together as a congregation. Yes, to see each other's faces, to see each other's smiles. So uh, thank God for our technology team that's always working hard behind the scenes. Uh, they've created a way that we can use our Zoom account to, for everybody, all of our church family to log in. And we're just going to have uh, some fun fellowshipping together today. So go ahead and mark your calendar. Get ready at 1 p.m. before you eat your ribs and your chicken and all that other stuff that you got prepared for the game and let's just do our church check-in so we can say hello to one another once again amen thank god for that and uh speaking of thankful uh, i want to challenge you and charge you to stay connected yes continue to use our church center app our social media uh resources facebook instagram twitter and youtube and even our podcast so that you continue to receive the word of god if there is ever time that we needed the word the time is now so we thank god for the word today so we thank god for each and every one of you so we charge you now go ahead and like tag share 
Yes, Lord. Uh, start a watch party. Do whatever you can to be involved in some electronic evangelism today so that somebody else can be strengthened, somebody else can be encouraged as we share the word today. I am excited. We're getting ready to go into a new series for February. Yes, a new series for February. Uh, our leadership team is aware. Uh, maybe you may not be just yet. Uh, but the word of the year is extraordinary. Yes, extraordinary, where God puts his extra on our ordinary to do extraordinary things. So looking forward to sharing what the Lord has shared with me. I believe God is going to do some extraordinary things in the life of the believer in this year, 2021. Yes, Lord. So fasten your seatbelts, prepare for takeoff as we get ready to go to the word today through this extraordinary series. And we're going to start with part one on this first Sunday. Well, there is a word from heaven that I would love to share with you. I want to call your attention to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, yes, uh, verses 15 through 21. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 15 through 21. And just for the benefit of brevity, I'm going to skip down to verse number two, verse number 19, excuse me, verse number 19, and begin reading there. 1 Kings 19, starting at verse number 19. And I'm sharing from the New King James translation today. Hallelujah. Here begins the reading of God's word. Verse 19 says, So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with the twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the twelve. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. Verse 20, And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah, and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back again, for what, I, what have I done to you? Verse 21, so Elisha turned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh, using the oxen's equipment, and gave it to the people, and they ate. Uh, and then he arose and followed Elijah and became his servant. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray, but Lord, now I want to minister for the subject today as we get ready to go through our extraordinary series. The Lord, now I want to minister from the subject, an ordinary process for extraordinary impact. I'm going to say that again, an ordinary process for extraordinary impact. I'm going to make that plain in just a moment. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We worship you. We adore you. We thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made. And Lord, we're rejoicing. We're so glad in you. We're grateful, oh God, for this awesome opportunity to share your word with these, your people. And Lord, I pray that you would anoint it afresh, that it may go forth with power and authority, that your people may be strengthened and encouraged uh, as we encounter, have an encounter with you. Take me, your servant. Hide me behind your cross. Let no flesh be seen. Let your word be glorified. I'm going to say thank you now for what you're getting ready to do. Have your way in this place. It's in the marvelous, matchless, and mighty name of Jesus, we do pray. Somebody loves him. Shout amen. 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 Uh, an ordinary process for extraordinary impact. Hallelujah. As I said before, uh, today we're starting a sermon series, uh, sermon series called Extraordinary. That's our theme for 2021. And the main point, the main idea behind the sermon series is that God's extra on our ordinary to do the extraordinary. Amen. I'll say that again. God puts his extra on our ordinary to do the extraordinary. 
Hallelujah. And I want to let you know today that God loves working with ordinary instruments to produce extraordinary results. Yes, God loves it. Yes, Lord. He loves working with ordinary instruments. Yes, to produce extraordinary results. As a matter of fact, it's in your Bible in Genesis chapter 2 in the creation, uh, Genesis 2 and 7, where the Bible talks about what God took something that looked ordinary. He took the dust of the earth and he breathed in it and it became a living being. Yes, God likes using ordinary instruments uh, to produce extraordinary results. Not only in Genesis 2, but also in Ezekiel 37. Uh, you know, and in your Bible, it's called the Valley of Dry Bones, where uh, the prophet Ezekiel saw a valley of dry bones. But not only were they dry, they they were very dry. Hallelujah. But after God uh, got through with those bones, uh, um, uh, he answered the question that Ezekiel had, which was, can these dry bones live? But when God breathed on them, yes, yes, uh, they went from being scattered and dry to together and walking around. Do you know that God loves using extraordinary things? Excuse me. He loves using ordinary instruments to produce extraordinary results. Uh, also in your Bible, Judges chapter 15, verse 16, it was Samson who took an ordinary jawbone, yes, Lord, and slayed 1,000 men. Do you know that God loves using extraordinary uh, things to produce extraordinary results. And you and I, hallelujah, you don't have to know anything about Ezekiel. You don't have to know anything about Samson. You can look in your own mirror, yes, Lord, and understand that, that God has, uses uh, ordinary things to produce ordinary, extraordinary results. Yes, Lord. So I want to ask you today, what is it that's in your hand? What's in what is it today that's in your house? What is it today that's in your heart? Yes, Lord, that looks ordinary. And what I want to let you know that God wants to breathe on it. Yes, he wants to breathe on that today. Yes, Lord, to give it new life, new purpose and new meaning. Yes, Lord, uh, he wants to breathe on your ordinary because he desires to produce an extraordinary result. So I like to say extraordinary. Yes, uh, extraordinary. Yes, Lord. Extraordinary in your house. Yeah. Extraordinary with your husband. Yes. Extraordinary even with your history. God wants to take what's ordinary. Hallelujah. Uh, an ordinary process. Yes, Lord, to produce extraordinary results. And today, as we travel through our text today, I want to let you know uh, in this uh, 19th chapter of 1 Kings, hallelujah, and that uh, God uses uh, an ordinary process for extraordinary impact, yes. And today we want to focus on how God uses extraordinary relationships. Somebody shout relationships. Hallelujah, relationships, yes, Lord. Uh, my wife and I, we're back on Facebook Live again, yes. Uh, the Lord has called us to come back to Facebook Live uh, and to speak specifically, especially in this month of February, this month of love, to talk about relationships. Somebody say relationships, yes, Lord. Because uh, I don't know about you, but uh, uh, I believe some of us can notice that relationships have been under attack. Yes, relationships have been under attack. Yes, Lord, it was highlighted in 2020, but it wasn't initiated in 2020. We understand that relationships have been under attack for quite a while now. And I guess some of you may ask the question, well, why has, the, why has relationships uh, been under such attack like they have? Well, I want to let you know the answer to your question today is the devil desires division in our relationships. Let me say that again. The devil, he desires division in our relationships because he knows the impact of unity. Hallelujah. Somebody shout unity. Yes, Lord. Because he knows the impact of unity. What happens when people of God, yes, Lord, uh, come together? There's, there's power in unity. As a matter of fact, it's in your Bible. In Psalms 133 and 1, he said, behold how good and 
and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Yes, Lord, somebody shout unity. Also in Deuteronomy 32 and 30 in your Bible, yes, Lord, it talks about the power of unity. It says one can chase a thousand, but two can put 2,000, 10,000 to flight. Yes, Lord. In other words, your powers are multiplied exponentially. Does anybody know this power in unity? Yes, Lord. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 18, verses 19 through 20, uh, the Bible talks about the impact of unity. It says where two or three, yes, it don't take many, y'all, are gathered together, touching and agreeing. He said he'll be a God in the midst, and whatever you ask of the Father shall be granted unto us. That's power today. Does anybody know this power in unity? Somebody shout unity today. Yes, Lord. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 2 in your Bible, it talks about what happens uh, in unity. Yes. Uh, and when the church was in one place, yes, on one accord, it talks about how the Holy Spirit came and fell upon them and they saw miracles, signs and wonders. Does anybody know that things happen? Yes, Lord. There's power in unity. As a matter of fact, in John 17 in your Bible, yes, Lord, in Jesus's last prayer, uh, uh, Jesus's last hour on earth uh, when he was uh, uh, getting ready to face crucifixion. Yes, Lord, his last hours on earth. Yes, he prayed for believers to be united. Uh, there's power in unity. So that's why the devil is so intentional. Yes, Lord, that's why the devil is so uh, uh, takes the initiative in dividing and trying to divide and conquer because the devil knows uh, uh, there's power in unity. Hallelujah. And I just believe today that God wants to do some extraordinary things. And, and the way he does that is he does uh, the extraordinary. He puts his extra on our ordinary to do extraordinary things. And one of the tools that God uses frequently is relationships. Relationships. And today, today our focus is talking about how God uses extraordinary relationships uh, uh, and, and how he takes this ordinary relationships or extraordinary relationship uh, to, uh, to go through an ordinary process for an extraordinary impact. Yes. Can we go deeper today? Hallelujah. Because I want to introduce to some and present to others in this 19th chapter of 1 Kings. I want to talk about a dynamic duo, hallelujah, called Elijah and Elisha. Yes, you've heard of them. Yes, Elijah and Elisha. Yes, that dynamic duo. Yes, this tale of two prophets, uh, two powerful men that God used uh, uh, to give sneak previews of coming attractions. Yes, Lord, Elijah and Elijah. Yes, yeah, so, well, because at the time of our text here in First Kings chapter 19, uh, verses 15 through 21, hallelujah, it begins with Elijah, yes, uh, uh, and God having a crucial conversation uh, behind Elijah's back. Mm. Uh, it begins, yes, with Elijah and God having a crucial conversation. And this conversation is taking place behind Elijah's back. Yes, Lord. Uh, and what Elijah is talking about is succession planning. Yes, Pastor Maribel, yes. He's talking about succession planning. Yes, Lord. Uh, he knew that he was not going to be in the earth always. And what he was doing, he was concerned about the kingdom of God. And he wanted to have people in place processes in place uh, so that the kingdom could still go forth with power and authority. Yes, Lord. And the Bible says in verse Kings, uh, verse chapter 19, verse 16, and it says, also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nemesh, as king over Israel. Yes, Lord. And Elijah, the son of Shaphat, uh, of Abel, Mola, you shall anoint him as prophet. Check this in your place. Yes, as prophet in your place. In other words, Elijah, you're not going to be here forever, but you need to have somebody 
that you can tutor, teach, and train. Yes, Lord. Somebody uh, who can sit underneath you that uh, you can groom and grow for greatness. Yes, Lord. That when you leave here, yes, the, uh, that the kingdom will still go forth uh, um, with power and authority. And as a consequence, yes, uh, uh, God and Elijah were talking about Elisha before e even Elijah came on the scene. Do you know God is a God that often uh, talks behind your back? Yes, Lord. God talks behind your back. But what I like about when God talks behind your back, he doesn't do it like other people do, where they uh, downgrade you, where they discard you. Hallelujah. When God talks behind your back, God is talking about his good plan for your life. Does anybody know that God has a plan for your life? Yes, Lord. Jeremiah put it this way in Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the plans, there it is, that I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope and the future. As a matter of fact, God had a plan for Jeremiah, and he was talking behind his back even before then. In Jeremiah 1 and 5, it talked about it. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you. I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nations. Do you know God is talking behind your back? Hallelujah. And God, when he talks behind your back, Yes, Lord. Yeah. Uh, he's usually dividing something. He's usually putting together something uh, to bless you and to benefit you and to bring you into everything that he's called you to be. And what I love about the Lord is that he uses extraordinary relationships. Yes, uh, one can chase a thousand. But two could put 10,000 to fly. Yes, Lord. He uses relationships. And in this conversation, in this crucial conversation between Elijah and God, yes, Lord, they're talking about this man that they have never uh, spoken to face to face. Elijah is talking about his successor, Elijah, uh, the prophet that's coming behind him. And in the midst of that, they gave some good news and some bad news. Yes, Lord. In the midst of that conversation, uh, when Elijah finally met Elisha, yes, Lord, he gave him some good news. Hallelujah. As well as the bad news. Here it is. The good news is uh, that he's going to have an extraordinary impact and succeed Elijah as prophet to the nation of Israel. That's good news. Yes, Lord, that he's going to have an extraordinary impact and succeed Elijah as the prophet of, of Israel. But the bad news, somebody shout bad news. Yes, Lord. Uh, the, the bad news is what is that he had to go through an ordinary process. That's the sermon series right there. That's the whole premise behind this ser ser series. I mean, this sermon. He said he had to go through an ordinary process. Uh, he had to go through the ordinary process of waiting 10 years before it came to pass, Lord have mercy. I thought I'd lose some likes right there. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, he had to wait uh, an ordinary process of waiting on the Lord. Does anybody know that waiting on the Lord is an ordinary process? As a matter of fact, it's an essential process in order for God to do great things. Uh, we got to pass what I call the God's waiting room. Yes, Lord. Pass the test of God's waiting room. Yes, Lord. Uh, an ordinary process. Anybody that God uses for greatness. Yes, Lord. You have to pass the test of God's waiting room. Yes, Lord. So the bad news is that, you know what? You're going to be prophet. You're going to succeed this great man. Yes, Lord. But it's going to take 10 years before you get there. In other words, uh, you're going to have to go through a process. Somebody shout process. But does anybody know the process is always the product is always worth the process? Let me say that again. Uh, that the product, yes, Lord, the end product is always worth the process. In order for God to use you mightily, yes, Lord, we often have to go through God's waiting room, which is an ordinary process. Let's go deeper. Because some of you know uh, about Elijah. 
Yes, Elijah. Uh, uh, and and when, when we were talking about Elisha filling his shoes, he had some very big shoes to fill. Yes, Lord. But he had to do it by going through God's waiting room. Yes, Lord. Because Elijah, right here in First uh, Kings chapter 19, uh, uh, some of you are familiar with this phenomenal famous uh, chapter. It's First uh, uh, Kings chapter 19. This is after God used Elijah the prophet mightily in the battle of Mount Carmel. Yes, uh, the battle of Mount Carmel. Some of you know this is the one when Baal, the prophets of Baal, uh, were prophesying uh, uh, and against the prophet Elijah. And Elijah was saying, the God that answers by fire. Let him be God. And some of you know the story, yes, Lord, that Elijah, uh, he called fire down from heaven that burnt up the sacrifice. In other words, God had used Elijah mightily. Yes, Lord. I and mean, that's not the first time. You know Elijah's history. Yes, Lord. Elijah was used mightily time after time after time by God. He was a mighty weapon in the hand of the Lord that God used in uh, so many different times. Uh, uh, it's a, it was Elijah who prayed and then it didn't rain for three years and then he prayed again and it rained. Elijah was a powerful, mighty man of God. And now God is calling Elijah to fill those shoes. Have you ever been called to fill some big shoes uh, uh, to succeed or come behind somebody who has done a great work and a great job? Hallelujah. That can... Um, uh, that can put fear and intimidation in your heart anytime you have to do that. But I want to let you know today that God is calling us for extraordinary things. Yes, Lord. He's calling us for extraordinary. And that's what he called for Elijah to do. He called Elijah. Yes, Lord, the, uh, his successor. He says, you know what? I'm still not through. I still got blessings in store. Yes, Lord. I know I blessed and did mighty things through Elijah. But Elijah, I got some powerful things I want to do for you. Does you know that God's still in the blessing business? Yes. Lord. And because of that, he used Elisha, his successor, to do extraordinary things. He had an extraordinary impact. Yes, Lord. Elijah had an extraordinary impact. Uh, can I read his resume today? Uh, it was Elijah that God used, yes, Lord, in 2 Kings chapter 2 uh, to divide the Jordan. It was Elijah that God used in 2 Kings chapter 2, 19 to purify the waters of Jericho by casting salt into a fountain. It was Elisha, yes, Lord, that God used in 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7 to Increase the oil of a woman whose sons were to be sold for her debt. Yes, Lord. It was God who used Elisha. Yes, Lord. Uh, to raise the son of the Shunammite woman uh, from the dead. Yes, Lord. It was God who used Elisha. Yes, Lord. To heal Naaman of his leprosy in Second Kings chapter 5, 1 through 19. Hallelujah. God used Elisha to do some extraordinary things. So you have an extraordinary impact in the earth. As a matter of fact, even when he was dead, even as he died, hallelujah, and God had called him home. It was in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 21, that his bones were so anointed, yes, Lord, that they used his bones to restore a dead man to life. I want to let you know that's an extraordinary impact, yes, Lord. God used Elisha, his successor, yes, Lord, to have an extraordinary impact, hallelujah. But I want to let you know today, before he had an extraordinary impact, uh, he had to go through an ordinary process. Uh, and again, this ordinary process began in God's waiting room. And today I just want to talk about God's waiting room. Yes, Lord, an ordinary process. God's waiting room. Yes, Lord, where we must wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Yes, Lord, Psalm 27. Where we must wait on the Lord, where Isaiah said, they that wait, yeah, upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Uh, I want to talk about God's waiting room because it's God's waiting room that I'm calling today an ordinary process. Uh, it's ordinary. It's necessary. Uh, it's what God uses to groom us and grow us for great things. Yes, Lord. It's an ordinary process that God uses uh, to produce the extraordinary in our lives. Hallelujah. So what is God's waiting room? Well, I'm glad you asked today. Uh, God's waiting room is the time between the prophecy and the promotion. Lord have mercy. It's the time between the prophecy and the promotion. It's the time between the promise, yes, Lord, and the fulfillment. Uh, and many of you have read the word of God. and You've seen the promises of God. Yes, Lord, you've, you've read about it. You've heard about it. You put your faith in it. Hallelujah. But do you know there is time between uh, when it was spoken and when it comes to pass? Yes, Lord. And that's what I'm calling God's waiting room today. Uh, an ordinary process. Yes, Lord. The time between the prophecy and the promotion. Yes, Lord. Uh, and some of you are familiar with the waiting room. Uh, some of you can think back or old enough to remember before uh, they allowed us in the room when we uh, brought children into the earth. Yes. Uh, where you had to wait outside. You didn't even know if it was going to be a boy and a girl, but you were waiting on the outside until someone gave birth. Yes, Lord. The waiting room. Yes. So you're familiar with the waiting room. The waiting room is a time, uh, an ordinary process. Whenever, even today, when loved ones go through surgery. Yes, Lord. And the surgeon has your loved one in the back and you don't know how this thing is going to work out. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. God's waiting room. It's a room that's separated from where the decisions and actions that determine the outcomes take place. Yes, God's waiting room. Yes, Lord. Uh, the waiting room is where you're not in control of the results, uh, but you must rely on the faith uh, in others to produce the re desired result and the desired outcome. Yes, Lord, the waiting room. And while you're in the waiting room, there are times when you can feel helpless uh, because some of us like to be in control. Some of us like to be in the game. Some of us like to impact it. But, but while we're on God's waiting room, Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, God is doing some things. Yes, Lord. He's grooming us. He's he's preparing us to do the extraordinary things. And hallelujah. And what I want to let you know, I want the question I want you to consider today today is how do you wait when you're in the waiting room? Uh, how do you trust? How do you serve uh, in the meantime between the promise and the provision? Hallelujah. Well, I want to let you know today that that what you do when you're in the uh, uh, when you're living between the expectation and the reality. Hallelujah. That, that can be a tough time. But, but I want to let you know today that Elijah's example should encourage you. Hallelujah. Because again, there are some principles that God wants to share. Yes, Lord. God's principle. There's some principles that God wants to share that when you're in God's waiting room, there are three things that I want to lift up today that will help us, uh, that will benefit us, that will bless us as we go through it, as we look at the life of Elijah, the one that uh, succeeded the life of Elijah, that great prophet. Can we go deeper today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Principles when we're in God's waiting room. Number one, the principle of stewardship. Uh, the principle of stewardship. Uh, what is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, the principle of stewardship is give your best uh, wherever God puts you. Yes. Give your best wherever God puts you. I'm in verse number 20. The Bible says, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. And he, and he said to him, uh, go and do just that. Verse 21 says, so Elijah turned back from him, and he took a yoke of oxen and slaughtered them, yes, Lord, and the people 
8. Uh, what's going on here? Yes, Lord. Here is a time when Elijah and Elijah had their first encounter. And God was using Elijah to tell Elijah about his plan that he had for him. Uh, and what I've learned today is that uh, before you can be trusted with much, you have to be faithful with little. Mm. Before you can be trusted with much, you have to be faithful with little. Yes, Lord, you have to pass the principle of stewardship, giving God your best wherever God puts you. Yes, Lord. And at the time when uh, Elijah met Elisha, uh, Elijah was serving in the field. Yes, catch that. He was serving in the field. He was over yoke of oxen. He was plowing in the field. Yes, Lord. He was uh, uh, taking care of his father's field. Hallelujah. He was there and he was working by the sweat of his brow. And what I've learned is that, you know what, he didn't want to just leave uh, what God had currently assigned him to. Uh, he just got a, a, a big the news that his promotion was coming. He got the news that he was getting ready to be promoted to the next level. Hallelujah. But instead of just running off, you know, some people are running for $25 extra a week. Yes, Lord. And forget everything that they're currently doing. Instead of dropping everything and just running to the next season, he said, let me be faithful with little. Uh, let me finish what I'm doing. Can I go and take care of what I am doing right now? And when I do that, yes, Lord, when I give my best with whatever God has put in my hand, yes, Lord, uh, uh, that I understand that when I'm faithful with little, that God would trust me with much. Uh, some of you remember the parable of the talents in Luke 16 and 10 in your Bible, yes, Lord, where, where God gave talents to different individuals because he understood the principle of stewardship, that if you are faithful with little, that God can trust you with much. Yes, Lord. He'll call, he said unto them, yes, Lord, come on up higher. I'll make you ruler over many. And oftentimes it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. Yes, Lord, that we can't be trusted with little things. Uh, that God can't bless us with big things. Let me bring it home to you. Uh, some people, you remember just a couple of weeks ago, that lottery was real high. Lord, have mercy. And some of you promised and prayed to the Lord. Said, Lord, if you just let me hit that lottery, yes, Lord, I'm going to pay my tithes. I'm going to pay off the church. I'm going to do all these other things. But God said, you know what? If I can't trust you with the check you got now, what are you going to do with all those millions of dollars? Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. So God has, and while we're in the waiting room, in order for us to uh, be promoted to the next level, yes, Lord, uh, we have to pass the principle of stewardship. Give God your best uh, uh, wherever God puts you, number one. Number two, yes, Lord, the principle of surrender. The principle of surrender. Uh, what are you saying? Uh, the principle of surrender, what is that? Focus, on more, focus more on God's purpose than your position. Lord have mercy. Uh, the principle of surrender. Focus more on God's purpose than your position. Hallelujah. The Bible says in first Kings chapter 19, verse 20, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Yes, Lord. Uh, focus more on your purpose than your position. Yes, Lord. Uh, the time came where he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Yes, Lord. Uh, he surrendered to the call upon his life. Hallelujah. After he was faithful with what God had given him to, he, the Bible says that he he focused now he's focused on his purpose. And not his position. In other words, he said, you know what, Elijah, since you call me, uh, since God used you to call me into this um, 
prophecy ministry. Uh, I'm going to follow you. Uh, he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. In other words, he surrendered all unto the Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Uh, and when you ever God calls you higher, yes, Lord, somebody knows it's necessary for surrender. Somebody shout surrender. Yes, Lord. Uh, uh, whenever God calls us higher, yes, Lord, he demands surrender. He demands obedience. Hallelujah. And as a matter of fact, uh, Elijah here was walking up to him. And, and what he did is he threw his cloak around Elisha. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, in the midst of all of that, yes, Lord, instead of stopping, Elijah continued on his journey. And guess what? He left it up to Elisha to decide whether or not he was going to follow him, you know, to decide whether or not he was going to surrender to the call upon his life. Hallelujah. Do you understand in order to go up higher? Hallelujah. It begins by going lower and surrendering unto the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And throwing the cloak around someone's shoulders uh, of a person was a symbol of God's call. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And Elijah was being chosen now uh, to, be, to bear the mission of the prophet. Yes, Lord. And guess what Elijah did? Elijah responded immediately to the call. Yes, Lord. The Bible says that he left his oxen, yes, Lord, and he followed Elijah, yes, Lord. He passed the principle of surrender. And I want to let you know, in order to pass the principle of surrender, you must focus more on your purpose, yes, Lord, than your position. In other words, focus on carrying out the task more than you're carrying out the title. And, and I want to let you know that anybody that God uses, yes, Lord, they had to pass the test and uh, understand the principle of surrender. Can I work my case today? Uh, some of you remember Abraham, don't you? It was Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 that God says, get thee out of thy father's house to a place that I will show you. Yes, Lord. And the Bible says in, in Genesis chapter 12, verse number four, that Abraham went. Yes, Lord. Abraham surrendered to the call upon his life. Uh, you remember Noah, don't you? Uh, Genesis chapter seven and eight in your Bible. Yes, Lord. When God called him to build an ark because it was getting ready to rain. And although it had never rained on the earth, hallelujah, because he surrendered. Yes, Lord. He heard the voice of God and he passed the principle of surrender. Yes, Lord. He built an ark and his whole house was saved. Yes, Lord. The principle of surrender. Focus more on God's purpose, yes, than your position. Uh, some of you remember Moses, don't you? It was Moses, yes, Lord, in, Genesis, in Exodus chapter 3 uh, that God told him to go to Pharaoh to let my people go. Yes, Lord. And although Moses was at a comfortable position in his life, he understood the principle of surrender. And after talking to the Lord, he surrendered to God's call. Some of you remember David, don't you? Uh, uh, when there was a giant in the field that's tormenting and torturing God's people in First uh, Samuel 17, you understand it was David that got the call to come up higher, and he surrendered to the will of God. Hallelujah. And as a consequence of his surrender, yes, Lord, he went from a, a shepherd boy to king of the nation. Yes, Lord. Uh, that's what God does. Yes, Lord. When you're able to pass the principle of surrender, yes, Lord, when you're able to focus more on God's purpose than your position, hallelujah, when you give God a yes, God uses you mightily. As a matter of fact, it was Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6. He said, in the year that King Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord. And he was high and lifted up in his train build a temple. And God said, who shall go for us and who shall we send? And Isaiah said, you know what? I understand the principles of surrender. He said, if the Lord needs somebody, here am I. Send me. 
I'll go. Hallelujah. And I don't know about you, but, uh, but, but I know somebody out there can relate to Abraham. Yeah, you can relate to uh, Noah. You can relate to Moses. Hallelujah. And, and Isaiah, because you said the same thing. Somebody says, you know what? I believe this is my year. I'm going to surrender as well. And I'm going to pass my waiting room principle. Yes, Lord, the principle of surrender. I want to do what God tells me to do. As a matter of fact, I don't care what you call me. I don't care what the title is. I just want to carry out the task. Amen. And if I can carry out the task, Hallelujah. If I can focus more on God's purpose, what God is calling me to do. Hallelujah. He'll give you the position. Amen. He'll give you the position because some people remember the sons of Zebedee. Yes, Lord, they got messed up. Hallelujah. They were more concerned about uh, when Jesus entered into his kingdom. Uh, Will I sit on the left hand side? Well, I sit on the right uh, positions of honor and privilege. But I want to let you know today that if we focus more on where we're instead of focusing on where we're going to sit, if we focus on where we're going to serve. Hallelujah. The God that I serve. Yes, Lord. Uh, he'll let you pass the test uh, uh, uh the principle of surrender and God will promote you and do the extraordinary thing in your life. Hallelujah. And as I get ready to take my seat. Hallelujah. Uh, as we look at the life of Elijah, this this mighty prophet. Uh, that follow this other mighty prophet, uh, this mighty prophet that God did miracle after miracle, uh, used to perform uh, miracles as well as to prophesy to the nation. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, he understood that while he was in God's waiting room, again, God gave him the prophecy, but the prophecy didn't come to pass until 10 years later. Hallelujah. But he understood while he was waiting in the meantime, uh, number one, he understood the principle of stewardship. Uh, to give God your best wherever God puts you. Uh, number two, the principle of surrender, uh, to focus more on God's purpose than your position. And then finally, my brothers and sisters, uh, principle number three, the principle of support. Uh, Lord, the principle of support. Uh, help another leader fulfill his or her vision until God gives you a vision. I should have put a warning label on that. Yes, Lord, I should have let you know that you're going to have to be real mature to shout on this. Amen. Uh, but it says the principle of support. Help another leader fulfill his or her vision until God gives you a vision. Uh, help somebody else. Yes, Lord. The Bible says in 1 Kings 20, and then he arose and followed Elijah, uh, the B clause there, and he became his servant. Uh, yes, Lord. Uh, and the New King James translation says, then he arose and followed Elijah and he became, here's a bad word right here, servant. He became his servant. Yes. Uh, uh, he, while he was in the waiting room, he said, you know what? He helped, he helped another leader fulfill his vision uh, until God gave him his vision. He followed Elijah. Yes, he followed Elijah. God called him into ministry right here in 1 Kings chapter 19. But guess what? After 10 years of serving, it was uh, after 10 years of serving underneath Elijah uh, before God promoted Elijah. Hallelujah. 10 years, y'all. Uh, 10 years. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, in this 10 year time period, he had to understand the principle of support. Uh, he had to help uh, Elijah. Until God called him and gave him a vision and put him in place to be the prophet, the next prophet of the land of Israel himself. Yes, Lord. The principle of support. He supported him for 10 whole years. Yes. For 10 years. As a matter of fact, uh, Elijah's name is not even mentioned uh, again until 2 Kings chapter 2. As a matter of fact, his, his name is not even mentioned in 1 Kings chapter 20. His name is not mentioned in 1 Kings chapter 21. 
His name was not mentioned in 1 Kings chapter 22. As a matter of fact, it's not mentioned in 1 Kings 2 and 1. Hallelujah. It was 10 years, uh, 10 years that Elijah had to follow Elijah uh, before he understood, uh, before he was able to be promoted and put into position. He had to understand the principle of support uh, to help another leader fulfill his vision until God gives you a vision. As a matter of fact, he was 10 years uh, where he didn't prophesy, 10 years when he didn't preach, 10 years and he didn't teach. As a matter of fact, 10 years, and, and he didn't even get to read scripture in service. Lord have mercy. 10 years uh, of supporting uh, Elijah. As a matter of fact, I just believe that God honors faithfulness. Somebody shout faithfulness. Yes, God honors faithfulness. Uh, and when you are able to be a blessing to somebody else, I just believe that you're sowing for where you're going. Yes, Lord, you're putting good seed in good ground uh, because the way you give it. Does anybody know that God gives it back to you? Yes, Lord. But the problem is a lot of people want to be selfish instead of selfless. Yes, uh, 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 they want to uh, have a title that has about 10 different names and 10 different titles before they even clock in. Yes, Lord, you've been preaching for six months now. You already got three armor bearers. Yes, Lord, uh, you've been uh, pastoring for, for two years now and you got more armor bearers than members. Lord, have mercy. Uh, uh, what God wants us to do, amen, is to be selfless instead of selfish. And when Elijah passed the principle of support, he was able to help another leader fulfill his vision before God gave him a vision. But does anybody know that God honors faithfulness? Yes, uh, God honors faithfulness. Because in the midst, in the meantime, yes, Lord, while he was serving, uh, while he was sowing, uh, while he was supporting Elijah, yes, Lord, God says, you know what? I have not forgotten about you. In other words, God tells us, as he says in Galatians 6 and 9, be not weary, yeah, in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap a harvest if you faint not. Because the Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, yes, Lord, that God remembered what he promised Elijah. Yes, Lord. It was 10 years later, but guess what? God called his name. Yes, Lord. And it was so that when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elijah, ask, what do you want from me? And before I'm taken away from you. And Elijah said, let me have a double portion. Somebody shout double portion. Yes. Let me have a double portion of your spirit upon me. Hallelujah. And Elijah told him and said, if you see me when I'm taken away, guess what? Uh, uh, it shall be as you have asked. Uh, does anybody know that God will give you double for your trouble? Yes, Lord. God honors Elijah with a double portion of his spirit. Yes, Lord. God honored him. Yes, Lord. With a with double for his trouble because he passed the uh, the test yes lord because he passed the ordinary test yes uh, he went through the ordinary process. God said, now is the time, yeah, that I'm going to put my extra on your ordinary. And now is the time that I'm getting ready to do some extraordinary things through you, Elijah. Yes, Lord. In, in other words, I know I use your predecessor mightily, but because you passed the waiting room test, guess what? I'm getting ready to take you higher. And I don't believe Elijah is the only one today. I believe God is desiring, he's grooming somebody that in 2021, yes, Lord, that God wants to put his extra on your ordinary. Yes, Lord, the God that I serve, he will put his extra on your ordinary. But in order to do that, yes, Lord, he said, you got to pass the support principle. In other words, Elijah said, you know what? I will become your servant. And I told you that some people consider that to be a bad word. But if you've been hanging around the Lord enough, hallelujah, you know that servant is a good word. Somebody shout servant today. Hallelujah. As a matter of fact, if you are uh, 
understand the principle of support. Yes, Lord. Uh, that means that you're more like Jesus because Jesus told us that I didn't come to be served, uh, but I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Hallelujah. That's lets you know that you are a part of uh, Jesus's family. Yes, Lord, that you are a follower of Christ uh, because Christ said himself, I didn't come to be served. Yes, Lord, I, I came to be a servant. Yes, Lord, to seek and to serve, uh, to save that which was lost. As a matter of fact, Jesus exemplified it in John 13 uh, on his last night of earthly ministry hallelujah before he went to the cross the Bible said that he took on the form of a servant yes and he washed his disciples feet does anybody know that servant is a good word yes Lord the principle of support yes you got to help somebody else hallelujah and as you sow as you serve as you give to somebody else the God that I serve says you know what he will open up the windows of heaven he will pour you out such blessing that there should not be room enough to receive. As a matter of fact, servant is a good word because at the end of the day uh, when there's nothing else to do or say, when we stand before the Lord, all we want to hear him say is well done. Yes, well done. Ah, thy good and faithful, here it is, servant. Thy good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. So in other words, you must pass uh, what God wants to do when you're in God's waiting room. When God desires to put his extra on your ordinary you got to pass the ordinary process of being able to wait in God's waiting room. And as a consequence, yes, Lord, God will put his extra on your ordinary and do great things. So again, as I take my seat today, I want to let you know that God wants to do some extraordinary things in the life of the believer. Yes, he wants to do some extraordinary things in the life of the believer. Uh, but before God does the extraordinary, Oftentimes, we have to go through the ordinary process of waiting on the Lord, trusting in him. Hallelujah. He puts us in the waiting room of life. Hallelujah. But while you're in the waiting room, I want you to remember, number one, the principle of stewardship. Uh, give your best wherever God puts you. Number two, remember the principle of, principle of surrender. Hallelujah. Focus more on what God's purpose than your position. Yes, focus more on God's purpose than your position, the principle of surrender. And third and finally, my brothers and sisters, uh, the principle of support. Help another leader fulfill his or her vision until God gives you a vision. I thank God for Elijah and Elijah today. I thank God for that dynamic duo. I thank God for uh, how even in the midst of waiting 10 years, uh, before promotion, when he got the prophecy and then 10 years later before he was born. Hallelujah. He showed us some things. And I just believe that those principles are timeless today. Uh, that if he did it for Elisha, guess what? God desires to do those same things through you. God desires to do extraordinary things through you and I. He likes taking our ordinary, putting his extra on it and making and doing the extraordinary. And I'll say this as I get ready to take my seat and as we get ready to commune with one another. I'm going to let you know that if you're in a season uh, where you're experiencing a gap between God's call on your life and your present reality, I want you to remember Elijah's 10 years of quiet preparation. Yes, Lord. If you're in that season, yes, Lord, where you know God has said great things for you, where you know that God has a plan for your life, uh, but what you see is a little different from what has been said. Uh, uh, what's uh, present before you is different from what has been prophesied. Yes, if you're in that season where you're experiencing a gap between God's call on your life uh, and your present reality, I want to encourage you today. 
Just remember Elijah's 10 years, yes. 10 years of silence. 10 years of quiet preparation. Hallelujah. God is, he loves those that are involved in secret service. And what God does, yes Lord, uh, is that if you can uh, trust him in the process, as you go through that ordinary process of waiting on the Lord, yes Lord, that He will, you will have an extraordinary impact on the earth. And I don't know about you, hallelujah, I, I've been reminded that, that God wants to do extraordinary things. I don't know about you, but I, I've been reinvigorated and encouraged. I want to do the extraordinary. I want to be available to God. Uh, we're not called to be ordinary. If we're surrendered unto him and we trust the process, yes, Lord, he wants to do the extraordinary through us. So I just want to let you know today that God takes the ordinary process of waiting. Uh, to do the extra, to have an extraordinary impact in the earth. And I just believe that's what he wants to do through you. The word of God for the people of God and the people of God did say, amen, amen, God bless you. And one thing in order to have an extraordinary impact on the earth, hallelujah, is that making sure that once you leave the earth that your destination is heaven. If you're here today and you're hearing this message and you haven't received Christ as your personal savior, I want to let you know that you need to impact heaven today. Uh, in order to do the, the most extraordinary thing that you can do is surrender your life to Jesus. And he said it as easy as ABC, except believe and confess. Yes, except believe and confess and you shall be saved. Yes, Lord, if you believe in your heart and make the confession with your mouth, yes, Lord, you shall be saved. And I want to let you know today that uh, uh, we are determined and committed to evangelizing. Yes, Lord, to sharing the love of Christ with you. Hallelujah. So we want to let you know that you can be saved today. I want you to pray a simple prayer with me. And I just believe that uh, if you pray it and believe it with all of your heart, I believe that God can save you wherever you are. Yes, Lord, just right there, even in your living room. Uh, why don't you pray with me? Uh, just say, Lord Jesus, I admit I'm a sinner. But I believe today in your son, Jesus. I believe he came from heaven to earth. I believe that he hung, bled, and died. I believe that he was buried. I believe that he rose again. And because of my faith in him, I ask now that he would cleanse me from my sins, make me a new creature. I receive your forgiveness today. Live inside of me, and I will live for you. It's in the name of Jesus. I do pray. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed this simple prayer today, prayer today, I believe you got saved today. Amen. I believe that with all of my heart because you said your ABCs. And if you did, I want you to do something. Amen. The next step is to tell somebody yes. As a matter of fact, uh, we've had people that have joined the Cedar Grove Church. I'm truly grateful for that during this pandemic season. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And if you receive Christ today, I want to let you know that our team wants to follow up with you. So all you need to do is just text Jesus. Yeah, text Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, -E uh, to the number that's on your screen. J-E-S-U-S to the number that's on your screen. And our team will reach out to you, yes, Lord, and we'll usher you through the next steps and we'll just welcome you to the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord, and if you've already been a part of the body of Christ, but you would like to also uh, become a part of the Cedar Grove Church family. I tell you what I believe. I'm a little biased, but I believe it's the sweetest church this side of heaven. Yes, Lord. Uh, we're not called just to believe, but we're called to belong. So if you want to be a part of the Cedar Grove Church family, I want to encourage you to type the word family. Yes, Lord. F-A-M-I-L-Y to the number on your screen. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And our team will reach out to you and we'll welcome you to the Cedar Grove family. Amen. So why don't somebody just give God some praise? I just believe souls have been saved today. I believe somebody 
God has been ushered into heaven. Amen. Why don't we give God some praise? Hallelujah. Amen. And as we get ready to close this broadcast, hallelujah, I want to do one last thing today. Uh, it's the first Sunday of the month. And on the first Sunday of every month, we uh, commune with Christ. We take on the body and the blood of our Lord and Savior. Yes, Lord. So uh, if you haven't already, I want to just give you another minute uh, to get your communion elements. Yes, you can get uh, crackers or bread uh, or just something that represents the body of Christ. And not only that, you can get some juice, whether it's apple juice, grape juice, whatever type of juice you have in your home. Yes, we're going to pray God's blessings upon it. And we're going to commune with Christ uh, because, uh, because some of you understand what the significance of taking on the body and the blood of Christ means. Yes, Lord. Uh, just while you're getting your elements, let me give you a little history today. It was on the first... Um, it was on the first, the first Passover then. This is what we're celebrating, Passover, yes, the first Passover uh, that took place back in Exodus, yes, when the children of Israel uh, were coming. Uh, they were in bondage, yes, Lord. And, and God had said, now I'm getting ready to deliver you from the hand of Pharaoh. And some of you understand and remember the story that uh, Pharaoh was a stubborn kind of fellow, and he didn't want to let God's people go. As a consequence, God sent, sent plague after plague after plague in the land. As a matter of fact, it was a total of 10 plagues. And the 10th plague was the death angel. Yes, the death angel. He said, wherever I see, well, I'm going to reign. I'm going to kill the firstborn of every household. But what he told the children of Israel is to get some blood. As a matter of fact, he told them to get a lamb. And he told them to slay the lamb and catch the, the blood of the lamb in the basin. And what God told him to do is to cover your doorpost with the blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, and where I don't see the blood, Lord have mercy, the death angel is going to reign and kill the firstborn of every household. Yes, where I don't see the blood. Uh, but if the blood of the Lamb, representing the Lamb of God, yes, Lord, uh, uh, Jesus, the Lamb of God that was slain from the foundation of the world to save us from our sins, where I see the blood, yes, when the death angel comes, guess what? He said, I'm going to pass over. And that's what God is doing even now in the season of pandemic. Uh, while we're facing our 2020, 2021 plague, guess what? There are still uh, those that are leaving. Hallelujah. And I want to let you know today that uh, you can cover your heart. You can cover your home with the blood of the Lamb. And I just believe today that where God sees the blood, just like in that first Passover, yes, Lord, uh, uh, he will protect you. He will provide for you. He'll give you peace even in the midst of everything that's going on. Hallelujah. And most importantly, that whenever death does come, because the death angel is definitely coming for each and every one of us. But where God sees the blood on the doorpost of our heart, yes, Lord. Uh, guess what? We'll, death will not uh, uh, be our final destiny. Yes, Lord. Because just like Jesus rose again on the third day, we will rise again, too, because we believe in him and we've covered our, our doorpost of our heart with his blood. Hallelujah. So here we are. We're getting ready. I've given you enough time today. Hallelujah. We're going to take on the body and the blood of our Lord. The Bible says that uh, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he called his 12 disciples together in a large upper room and he instituted the ordinances of taking on the body and the blood of the Savior. Yes, Lord. He said, this is my body, which is broken for thee. Take and eat. Eat ye all of it. And likewise, yeah, 
he took the cup. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant, the blood that is shed for the remission of sins. Take and drink, drink ye all of it. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you do show forth my death, my burial, and my resurrection until I come again. I just believe he's coming again. And I don't know about you, but I'm grateful uh, that he's given us this opportunity to commune with him, that we can cover our lives, our homes, hallelujah, and most importantly, our hearts with the blood of God. Amen. Thank you today. Hallelujah. So uh, before I speak a blessing and do the benediction today, I want to remind you, one o'clock, somebody shout one o'clock. Yes. Uh, we want you to come back, uh, log back onto our Zoom call and get ready to uh, uh, let us fellowship and commune with one another. Hallelujah. Enjoy the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Let us pray uh, the benediction. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for reminding us, Father, that we're not called to be ordinary. Lord God, that you want to do the extraordinary in our lives. And Lord, I thank you today that you like taking ordinary things, uh, things that look like nothing, that you can make something out of. And I pray now, Lord God, that you would do uh, what you've called us to do today, that you would bless us, that you would lead us and guide us, oh God, that we may carry out your purpose and your plan for our lives, oh God. So we thank you now for this time of sharing. Bless every person uh, under the sound of my voice. Continue to lead God, protect, and provide us all that we can. It's in the name of Jesus we do pray. Somebody else and shout, Amen. Amen. May God bless you and may He ever keep you because I